The new Killer Cam design is dropping today, so stop by the merch store. And just remember, from October 24th to 26th, there's 25% off of everything in the store. Check out the new design. Check out some of our older designs, some of the classic designs. Keep rocking with the Chop Shop. Keep supporting the channel. We're going to keep dropping that fire. This is something I know, I know, I know. So our Houston Rockets are three and one in the preseason with kind of some up and down games. It's been a mixed, mixed bag of games. Uh, the first two games started off, you know, pretty promising. Then the last two games, they tapered off a bit. Obviously, the roster um, not being fully there does play a big, big role in what we saw. You know, the first game against uh, the Spurs, Jalen Green wasn't there. Tari Eason missed that game. So that impacted both offensively and defensively. And even though we were able to win the game, you know, honestly, the Spurs were the better team. And this last game, pretty much uh, you had Jalen out, you had Fred Van Vliet out, you had Dylan Brooks out, and you had Tari Eason. So those are, you know, three of your best defenders and one of your best offensive players is out of the game. And so basically we were playing with our second unit, which to me exposed... Uh, a key thing that the Rockets are going to be uh, going to be behind the eight ball on this year, which is depth. And, and there's depth in, in two positions, uh, mainly uh, depth at the center position and depth in the uh, in the in the backcourt in the guard position. One thing that was apparent in the first Spurs game was the fact that it was hard for the starters to get paint touches without Jalen Green on the court, needing somebody to collapse the paint. In the type of offense we run, that is a prerequisite to being successful. So if a team is content with just guarding your dribble handoffs by daring you to shoot and you can't shoot, that offense is going to look horrible. It's going to look ugly. The best thing you can do is attack the basket, force the collapse on the defense, kick it out to shooters. And if the shooters um, hit their shots, then that makes the defense have to rotate that much more, forcing easier layups, easier drives to the basket. Um, additionally, uh, you know, when Shangun is in there at center uh, and he he's not hitting his outside shots, the two-man game between him and the guards are very, very important. Obviously, we know him and Jalen have synergy. Him and Fred are still building up um, some of their synergy together. In the second game against the Spurs, uh, not really a lot of two-man actions going there because it just looked like five guys had just met up to, to play basketball for the first time together. Um, the starting lineup had Jayshon Tate out there, which, uh, you know, Jayshon, Shangun, uh, Amen Thompson, three questionable shooters. Uh, the spacing was horrible. Cam Whitmore, also at this point, a streaky shooter. And, uh, you know, out there with Jabari, who was the only real shooter that we had out there. And um, he's not a creator for himself. So you look at those five, those group of five players doesn't really tell you uh, a lot of what the offense is going to look like, because I imagine on a regular game and the healthy, you know, if everybody's healthy, Coach Adoka would not put that five out there. You know, that was nasty stuff. Um, but the offense was what it was. I think, you know, that's going to be a work in progress because, these, you know, when you're running a new offense with a new coach on a new system with new players, it really takes time for guys to really gel. What you like to see is guys kind of doing good in their individual things that they do well, which is why I know a lot of the fan base are concerned with Alperen Shangun and his performance on the offensive end of the court. Um, I, there are several theories I have as to why he's struggling. Um, one, I would you know my main theory, this one, I, I, I believe to me, I don't think he's hurt because I really like how he's playing on defense. He's moving his feet. He's changing direction. Um, he does. He, his explosiveness has been shown. 
Um, I think that what it is, in my opinion, is that for him, the fact that he's being challenged to play defense, he's not really having that distribution of energy to go on both ends of the court. It's really hard to be a full-time two-way player. And I think a lot of our young guys are learning the hard way. When you have an offensive load, um, you know, that's one thing. That's why a lot of those guys get to chill on the defensive side. And when you're a defensive player, a lot of those defensive players aren't expected um, to be able to uh, exert a lot of energy on the offensive end. When you find those two-way, you know, guys that can guard and score and do everything and play make, you find, a, you know, those are the best players in the league. And usually you just want guys to be at least elite on one end and average on the other. The problem with him, he's been average to above average on a defense defensive end. On the offensive end, I don't know what's going on. His game looks rushed. He's throwing up shots that just look ugly, off balance. He's not having the right pace. Coach Udoka alluded to it a little bit, um, stating that, uh, you know, he just he's just rusty, which, you know, it may be rust. I think it's it's him trying to figure out where he is. I think that everything is kind of different for him right now uh, um, on the offensive side. What I am pleased with is the defense um, that he's playing individually. Now, collectively, the defense is an issue, and this leads me to a huge, huge position of need that the Rockets have right now, which is a center. The Houston Rockets need another center on the court. We need another center to back up Shangun. We need another center to play alongside of Shangun. And what I mean by that is that the way teams are attacking us and attacking our defense is by getting our big men, whoever it is, whether it's Jacques, whether it's Shangun, Boban, whoever you want to put out there. They're going to put those individuals in the ball screen. And once that person is in the ball screen, then the back end of, the, of our defense is open because one, we're short as a team. You look at some of the lineups we have out there. We want to switch. But right now, our guys aren't switchable players. So the, the teams are attacking those mismatches. You bring the, the big man out for the ball screen at the top of the key. Either if I'm a guard uh, or another big man, I'm going to slip out and go, uh, uh, you know, try to bury the, the the guard that's trying to switch out, uh, switch the defense on me in the post and take advantage of, of them there. Or if, I, if, if I'm OK with letting my guard just cook, I set my screen as a big man for the offense. Let my guard come off and attack the basket. There's no rim protection there on the back end. No rim protection. And this really led me to dig into the tape. So I started looking at some Boston Celtics tapes and here's what I found. So for the Celtics, one thing I noticed, and I chose Miami to watch them because that's the team we're going to be playing. I watched how they played against the Miami Heat in the uh, 2022 playoffs in the uh, Eastern Conference Finals. And this was apparent to me, but I just wanted to confirm. Um, and this was something that I've been talking about, about having two bigs on the court um, and and especially expecting more from Jabari to play that off big role, which is what I envision him to be kind of the weak side help, but he's not really there yet. Right. He's still trying to figure out where he's supposed to be on the court. They put him in position to be that weak side help, but a lot of times he's just kind of stuck in mud. Um, if you watch with the, with the Boston Celtics, whenever they had um, Al Horford and Robert Williams on the court at the same time, once again, you would assume spacing issues, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, they made it work. And especially on the defensive end, I had said this in my previous video, Alper Shangun is actually good in space. We're seeing that. Um, I just watched Sam Vecini's uh, breakdown of Alpi's defense in uh, on his YouTube channel. And, you know, he basically concurred with what, I, what I've been saying is that 
Alperin is good in space and you want him to be that guy. He's going to be the Al Horford in our, on our, on our defense, meaning that he's okay, you know, playing at the level of the screen. He's okay trapping ball handlers. He's okay, uh, um, even isolating sometimes, uh, when you want to get him out there. Now, you don't want his bread and butter to be him out there going one on one with guards in the NBA, but he can do it and he can get out on the perimeter. But what is happening is when he's drawn out to the perimeter, we're getting killed on the boards, uh, on the on the back end, and there's no there's no rim protection. So teams are attacking us uh, in the paint. Uh, what the Celtics did was whenever uh, Al Horford would come out to the screen, you had Time Lord back there to disrupt the play. Uh, here's a play here that I love. You can see Time Lord is there. Um, kind of playing uh, in, on the on the low over there. You have Al Horford here on the screen. They set the screen. You get the player uh, come and attack the basket. There he goes, rotates to the basket and is able to be a deterrent and, and, and you know, get his hands up and contest. We need one of those players. If Jabari is not going to be physical and use his length to his advantage, they need to find somebody that can play in that role or uh, or the Shangun thing is not going to work. But you can't compound Alperin Shangun um, as the big out on the perimeter and have no backside help there uh, because that doesn't work because you're going to assume that teams are going to keep attacking that till we fix it. And another thing I noticed is that when uh, they had Al Horford as the lone big without Time Lord out there, without Robert Williams, they would switch. So this is more of the things that I think Sam pointed this out and I'd love to see it more where he plays at the level of the screen. If we know that we don't have somebody that's going to protect the rim. Stop playing the drop. Stop playing the drop um, because Shangun is not big enough to play the drop and then recover either to contest a shot on some of these shooters with enough length or get to the rim and be a rim to turn. There's only a few players in the NBA that are that that big at the center position, seven footers with the long wingspans that you could play the drop with it, even though. That is still a thing that still becomes an issue in the playoff setting because those guys get played off the court. So I prefer the model of having him being aggressive, being more mobile on the perimeter, using his foot speed and his IQ to be able to cut off defenders using positioning and then let the whoever's on the back end clean up the mess and they got to rotate from that. Now, this is not something that's easy to do as a young team. It takes all five guys knowing where their help is coming from. And if I have to rotate as a player, Who's going to have my back? And from there, where do I go once I make my rotation? This, you know, I keep pointing out the 2017-18 Rockets, uh, their switching scheme one through five. It was not easy. Those guys were high-level pros. You had damn near four uh, all-NBA-level defenders. And then James Harden, who was a serviceable def defender in that season. So this is not something that's easy to do. Um, you just want them to be able to kind of keep, keep building on it. So nothing is a panic right now. You know, I think there's a lot of overreaction going on in the fan base um, about everything. This is what the preseason is for, to learn what your weaknesses are so you can address them. So this is great data for uh, Rafael Stone. This is great data for uh, Emil Dokas. They can go back to the drawing board and know what to teach the players, know what to work on in film, and know what else they can, um, they can add to the team going down the stretch. Speaking of adding to the team, another issue we're having is shooting. So for the players who've played a significant amount of games, here are the three-point uh, percentages. Jabari Smith Jr., 53.3% on 3.8 attempts, which is great. Dylan Brooks is at 30%. Aaron Holiday, 28%. Amen Thompson, 27%. Cam Whitmore, 27%. Fred Van Vliet, 26%. And Reggie Bullock, 14%. Alperen Shangun, 11%. And Jalen Green, 0%. Um, so 
not ideal, right? Not ideal. This is not great for us to be shooting this bad. Um, and you can see the starters are not really faring well right there. That's not going to get it done, especially uh, not even generating great looking threes. A lot of the threes that we're taking are contested or late in the shot clock instead of um, those those really open threes that you see them start off the game with. But as the game goes on, it kind of gets helter skelter. A large part of this is the lack of um, of of ball handling consistently throughout the game. Now you scale this up to the regular season. You're going to see uh, a lot of those minutes from players that aren't going to be in the rotation are, aren't going to be there. Um, so hopefully you're hoping eternal development from Jabari Smith as he's showing with his shooting and, and all, some of the shots that he's making from Jalen Green. Jalen Green cannot be a bad three point shooter um, at you know, at just at worst, he has to be slightly below average. And we expect him to be an average three point shooter this year. Alper Shangun cannot shoot 11% from three. That's unacceptable. He needs to be at least 30%. That's going to be the goal for this year. Um, and Fred Van Vliet has to be a good three point shooter. Dylan Brooks, an average three point shooter. To, uh, Tari Eason, an average three point. So everybody just needs to play better and shoot better. Um, you kind of wonder, is it their legs are tired? Is it a lot of effort they're exerting early on? Is this just them hitting that kind of, uh, you know, that second day wall? Like after you do a hard workout, your legs kind of go and they get a second win before the season start. We don't know, but I do know for a fact the Rockets need to address this because even on their best days, a lot of these guys cannot shoot. They need to be able to address this. And I'm kind of torn right now about what I want to see. Do I want to see them get a, a big man? or a shooter uh, in on the market because with the money that they could try to generate uh, at the trade deadline, uh, they probably could get some people. Now, I see a lot of teams are waiving players um, at this moment. There's a lot of kind of uh, minimum guys that the Rockets may be able to pick up to add to the team. I honestly think we have a lot of wasted roster spots with players that I don't see, see them adding any value to the team. They need to go ahead and pick up some of these actual NBA players and bring them in. But shooting is going to be a premium if this team wants to have success, especially in this offense that they're going to run. So for the game versus the Heat, it's going to be more of the same what we saw versus the Spurs. The Heat run a lot of dribble handoffs. They're a lot of they're a bit, huge handoff team, huge cutting team team. They're going to space you out. They're going to cut you to death. So with the full quote unquote dress rehearsal that Coach Udoka alluded to with the starters coming back um, uh, to play, we hope Jalen plays. Um, I'm hoping Tari plays. I'm not sure how significant their injuries are, but you kind of want to see them put it all together on the offensive end, on a defensive end, because the season starts literally next week. So, you know, what I'm expecting with the starters back, the offense is going to run a little smoother. I saw that they found something with uh, Jabari and Shangun in the second half of the game. Uh, when they don't have the guards on the court, they have to be able to pivot to a secondary offense. And I think the post-ups with Jabari and Shingun is that secondary offense. You can't be one-dimensional. I guarantee you Emil Doka and Ben Sullivan on our coaching start are not one-dimensional. Di These are guys that are high, high basketball minds. So they saw it. They made the adjustment at halftime to go through the post-ups um, with Shingun, with Jabari, which generated double teams, which generated better shots uh, for their teammates. So... That's what I'm going to be looking for with this dress rehearsal. I hope they let the guys play late into the game because I want to see what the rotations look like. And I'm sure Coach Udoka also wants to see because one thing about the preseason that's hard to gauge, you want to know what guys are going to look like in the second half of games when they get fatigued. Who's going to come in at the end of the third quarter? Who's starting off your fourth? Who's closing? Who's the closing lineup? I think it would be beneficial for them to be able to play late into the game 
obviously you don't want any players to get hurt but if they want to hit the ground running they got to treat this thing like it's almost a real game so those adjustments are going to i'm going to be curious to see with fred back with dylan back the defense should be a hell of a lot better um and one thing i want you guys to watch on the defensive end just watch this for me as you're watching the game it's going to be between jabari and alp and i think they're going to be linked going forward because i truly believe they complement each other very well on both ends of the court coach adoka has to unlock that Watch when Jabari is playing, uh, he, whether he's a help defender and Alpi's being screened. If Jabari is playing the corner three on the weak side, what does he do when the rim gets attacked? Because if you watch, like I said, what I alluded to, if you watch how Boston used Time Lord, he was the rim protection on that weak side that helped deter players from getting those easy layups and dunks. Once your big man is out of the picture, what are you doing on the back end? And then for the big man, Alpi himself, how does he look? playing at the level of the screen because I think in this game against Miami they have some decent shooters he's going to need to play it at the level of the screen or Tyler Hero is going to drop 50 on us so y'all keep looking out for that during the game and lastly on the offensive end for Alperen Shangun I feel like they're going to be a little intentional in trying to get him touches watch the relationship between him and Jalen Green how that eases some of the the, the pressure that he has to self-create out of the post the little short rolls that him and Jalen have the rim pressure that Jalen brings to the game does make it a lot easier on that on that big with, without Pete. So I think he needs to get in his rhythm, needs to get in his groove and start playing the way he's playing. But for all of them, even Jalen, even though, you know, he's he's finishing well this season, but he's struggling on a shot. I think all of this has to do, in my opinion, two things. They're trying hard on defense. And the other thing is that they're trying to figure it out. But there does not need to be a meltdown from the fan base every single game. You just take it game by game. You can't really make any big conclusions until you get a nice sample size to really make a judgment. I'm going to give them till the end of this year, honestly, to really see. And for them, they're probably looking till the end of this year. A lot of teams make pivots at the end of December because that's when the trade deadline approaches. All-Star break is coming. You can try to see what you need to make a push, whether you're trying to make the play and on the playoffs. I think they're going to be okay so far. I like what I'm seeing. I'm really, really encouraged by what I'm seeing because all the stuff that they're doing wrong is fixable. Everything they're doing wrong is fixable and there's still a lot of room to grow. I'm going to keep saying this after every game. This is the worst they're going to be. So it's up from here. So y'all just keep uh, keep watching for those things that I watched out for. If you're still listening to this podcast at this point, make sure you hit the like button. If you're new to the channel, hit the subscribe button. Keep rocking with the Chop Shop and we're going to keep dropping that fire. Thank you.